so shady. Also, Kyle shady. gets an individual hair and then just like sprays it down with like glue, <laughs> like Palmer's <laughs> yeah. glue. I'm just PVA in it. <laughs> Mine looks like PS1 Hagrid. As just... soon as I heard. <laughs> Yeah. Bring out me hat to give you a big congratulations. <laughs> the fact that you remember this quote. The fact that I remember that quote. Yeah. Daisy's backlogged. Like, see, like important things like how to vote or or what is left and what is right because Daisy still does not know her left from right. <laughs> she has to do this, a grown ass woman. <laughs> but then, if you ask me to quote anything from Shrek, yeah. Yeah, this is where. Yeah, that's where all the where it's all gone. <laughs> mm. But listen, which one of us is outside of the UK now, finally? Moi, so. I thought you applied for a Korean visa, you just quoted Shrek and B-movie to them. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, where's your visa? I'm like, mm -mm. according to all known laws of visa. They're just sitting there like, right, do you have your visa? No, I do not. No. I came without it. <laughs> I'm an illegal immigrant, <laughs> so. I wanted to see how far I could get through this process without being asked that question. Yeah, I just wanted to know, and apparently it's now, so. Are you really gonna send me home? Really? Straight, first flight back. <laughs> True. That happened to a friend of mine. Really? What, they quoted the B movie? No, 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 I wish. No, he was, he had his passport on the plane which had like his visa stamped on it. And then it was like a transatlantic flight. So he got to Italy and then he got off the plane and he's like, I don't have my passport anymore. And they went back and they looked for it and they looked under the seats and they're like, you just don't have a passport. And he's like, I guess I don't. And they're like, okay, see you never. And they sent him back on the same plane all the way back to the US. So no, Ever. I'm gonna stay. Yeah, I'm fine. I want to see what kind of cafes you have in this small airport. Yeah. I'm like a quarter Italian, so if yeah, anything. I'm thinking of staying here. I'll, I'll, my new house will be that corner. Yeah, and people say now, if you are wandering the streets of this Italian airport at two in the morning, you can hear a uh, small gay man crying about his lack of a passport. <laughs> I always hear small gay men crying, but it's usually Kyle. <laughs> I don't cry that often. It's just you when a family member dies, <laughs> or when some, or when something, when they don't have like something at the shops, and you're like, I just yeah, wanted it. That's, that's the two. That's the two. Death or no Red Bull. <laughs> or those double shot Starbucks cups. I like those now. Yeah, you, you've just moved from one caffeine substance to another caffeine substance in the general <laughs> oh yeah it's uh, better yeah i, I, I feel like you've added at least an extra year to your life <laughs> <laughs> at least 30 days <laughs> 30 days in unless it's a leap year <laughs> yeah in which case i've got 28 <laughs> Well, just want to shout out to Kyle in the future. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. Did you get the, the, the full Kyle 30 in days? the year 2023, if you're listening. <laughs> from from, the, from the, the fucking Starbucks double shot cup that you'll be buried in. <laughs> it's better than me, though. I'll just be put on the floor. <laughs> we like stuff here. <laughs> I just sat against the chair like... <laughs> <laughs> it's How just a stuffed version of Daisy <laughs> in the living room. But it's like the dumbest pose ever. Yeah. Like it's not even like an actual like it's not like me smiling or anything. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you have to walk yeah. by that every day, but you're not allowed to laugh. <laughs> yeah. You're that thing. You're that thing that gets passed around in a family's world that no one wants. <laughs> yeah. Life size shit, they've died. Now I've got Daisy. <laughs> you get Daisy and like the grand piano. <laughs> so you put, imagine me on the grand piano, <laughs> but my fingers aren't touching the keys. Yeah, <laughs> but there's still hot. a song playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my plan for my life. So yeah, that's what I want. That's yeah. <laughs> if. If Daisy loses her will, um, just refer to this recording. That's yes. what she wanted. That is what I want. So I and I give that to you, Kyle, so you can never <laughs> ever be apart. I don't me. want you first. You I don't are, want you first. You're getting me first, bitch. Should we hit it with the intro? <laughs> <laughs> Kick 
like it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast with me. <laughs> I kind of forgot how to finish a sentence. Hang on. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Jasmine Masters, and I got something to say. <laughs> Jasmine Masters, could you imagine if we got Jasmine Masters on the show? We'd be, we'd be out of a scream. job. We'd be out of a job. No, because I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> it's like having a job. Working 24-7 for four days on the trot. Hello and welcome to the Bitchcraft and Factory podcast with me, Carl Broadhurst. What's up, fellow Americans? It's me, Daisy Noir. Don't forget to smash that dislike button in the v- vagina. And um, <laughs> um, <laughs> on today's episode, <laughs> we have extra special guest and friend of the podcast, Sofia Reyes Valencia. Hello. 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 It's very nice to be here. Thank you for, thank you for having me, you guys. Of course. Of course. And thank you for lying about it being nice being here. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> I'm joking. If anyone's got an annoying voice, it's me talking about Premier Inn for five days in a row. <laughs> or Shrek. Can we wait and see how Shrek wakes his way into this episode? Um, you just mentioned it first. I wasn't even going to mention it. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to do it later on. I'm waiting for you to, like, with your goldfish memory, forget in five seconds and then bring it up Girl, again. I have the best memory. Out of the two of us, are you fucking shitting me? Yeah, have I know. So that's how you know it's bad. <laughs> I have the best memory in the fucking podcast biz, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember. This I is a challenge. Things so many. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is the try to remember something challenge. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something, and you cannot write it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna... But it's like you have to remember it for like twenty seconds. And I'm like, yeah, nah, it's just nah. like sweating. Like... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm really struggling here, Keith. I'm really struggling here. I just like something went in, something went out. I don't know. I'm really know. nervous. I'm, I'm really ne- nervous. My heart was going pitter patter, pitter patter. Felt <laughs> <laughs> sick, like I could throw up. <laughs> So anyway, so today we're here. <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, please let everyone know a little bit about yourself, your pronouns, and just give everyone at home the sort of the essence, or it's come to be called the flavor. The flavor. Of <laughs> I I don't know what to say about myself. I'm gonna say I'm Sophia. Hello, I use she/her pronouns. Um, I I'm bisexual, which means I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the full title of this podcast. But I'm going to try to anyway. You can just say faggotry. <laughs> you can't curb stomp a child. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. I know, guys. Call me crazy, but I, I just I just can't curb stomp children. Call me um, crazy, but I can't stop curb stomp children until I've had my morning coffee. What? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just like... You're like, oh, that's like an advert for coffee. And it's like, oh, I just feel so grouchy and just so tired. I've got no energy to do anything. And then it's just like coffee and then you drink it and then you just decimate a child. <laughs> I'm really glad you're not in advertising. <laughs> Imagine if I was. What if we like do. Daisy? Yeah, it's like Daisy, ideas, Daisy. And it's like, what if we like curb stomped a child? <laughs> <laughs> but it's about coffee. <laughs> it's a Snickers advert. It's like you're, you're, not not you. <laughs> you're not you when you're angry or hungry or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that exact thing. <laughs> so, guys, we have invited Sophia on to talk to us today about guilt um, and things surrounding guilt. Um, this was actually Sophia's idea and it is based off a conversation we were having. A couple of Fridays ago, time is passing very slowly for me, <laughs> so mm. I don't really know where I am or what I'm doing. Um, but a few weeks ago, we were having brunch. It was very cute, and uh, we were just talking about like the future and kind of plans and expectations, and I guess the guilt that kind of surrounds expectations and and failures and stuff. So 
we wanted to kind of dive into all that and um, have a laugh along the way because it's about the guilt that we made along the way. <laughs> I guess um, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on um, what makes you feel guilty and how do you deal with feeling guilty on like a sort of day-to-day -day basis? Mm, I think a lot of things make me feel guilty. I think it, I think it's a fun range from like really abstract, like, oh God, I was feeling sad. So to make myself feel better, I went out to H&M and bought these really cute hair clips. But the proof is that they've probably been constructed by someone who's made like maybe three cents mm. on the hour for this to like, to like a more personal, like, oh God, there are so many people in my life that I owe so much to and I want to make them all proud and I want them to be happy with me. But I'm feeling like that conflicts with the direction that I want to take my life in sometimes. And I don't know if I can bear the guilt of disappointing them. Um, but at the same time, I think I'm in these last few years kind of going through a process of like convincing myself that guilt is natural, but it's also very often not a very productive or like helpful feeling mm. like it's, it's good to to know that it's there and it's comforting from my kind of like affected point of view it's comforting to know that I can feel guilty about things because I think if I stopped feeling guilty about things I'd feel very guilty but it's also like um it's more a question about now kind of cultivating a different response to be like all right I didn't get everything I wanted to get done today but um, I can't go back to the past and I can't hate the person that I was a couple days ago or a couple hours ago because that's not going to help anyone. What am I doing now? Um, what can I do effectively to like make myself feel better, but also, you know, take care of myself in a way that is like not like self-care, like face masks and bubble baths, but self-care in like a, okay, I'm going to do my dishes. I'm going to send out these emails. I'm going to um, change my sheets and stuff like that. Um, and like forgive um, the guilty parts of myself, especially if they're stuck ruminating on things that I just can't change anymore. So that's how I've been trying to deal with it. But I, I guess it's just it's a it's a fifty fifty rate at this at this point. Yeah. I think I well I think that's kind of to sort of go off that a little bit. I think that's kind of important because I think now in the sort of media, the people we look to and the people we follow are the people that have this claim to sort of be there you know it paints this false idea uh that that sort of goal is achievable whereas actually in your life everything is a journey and and too many people don't concern themselves with the importance of the journey because you know there's this famous saying if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you going to love somebody else that sort of encourages being there but you also have to love your flaws in knowing that you know what you're doing you're doing because you're trying to learn because you're trying to get better you have to love that part of yourself as well that is just making the active change sometimes i feel guilty because similar to sophia in a way that it's like you know it could be anything for example maybe like i say i don't want to meet up with somebody just because i'm tired but then i feel guilty because it's like oh what if that person needs me you know what I mean? Like, what if that person, you know, really, really needs me in that particular mm -hmm. moment and they're just not saying anything? Um, or like sometimes it's a case of I feel guilty because I have like prioritized myself above like someone else who maybe needs me more. And that isn't kind of putting myself up on a pedestal and being like, oh, well, everyone needs me. But just kind of like in my head, that's something that maybe I wish other people would have like done the same for me when I needed people. So I feel like now it's just almost sort of subconsciously like a, an ongoing thing of being like, you know, I need to make sure that I'm there for people like whenever they need me. And then if I'm not, then I'm not being a good friend. Yeah, I think just the way that I'm, I'm kind of deal with that is to just kind of go to almost trust my friends that they know I'm there because I've I've mm. proved it time and time again. And that if they need me, they will reach out or it will be very obvious to me that they need me. But again, it is a sort of work in progress. It's 50 50. 
And I think also, yeah, it's that thing of if you make a mistake or if I, I think also um, I am an incredibly emotional human being. I do things based on my emotions. I can be quite spontaneous at times. So it's like, I think that I do react. I don't take the time to think about things. I want to deal with things now. So it's like, you know, I something will happen. I'll get into an argument with someone and then I will just react. And then I'll go, oh my God, maybe I reacted the wrong way. Maybe that was a bad thing. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. And then I'll feel guilty. And I think, and then I'll just hate myself. And in reality, it's like, no, like that was a, a genuine reaction just to kind of maybe now take some time figure out why you reacted like that and then you know have a conversation about it and kind of move on from there because as you said Sophia it's like you can't do anything about the person you were you know half an hour ago two hours ago like you can only sort of move on from this point and like learn and, and grow I don't know if it's especially becoming like a generational thing but um I think it's a safe bet to say that m most of us in this conversation right now spend quite a lot of time on, on the internet and in like, like social media, like social kind of spaces. And there's also a very big conversation around kind of like purity culture and the kind of like you have people on one side complaining about how you can't really say anything without getting like quote unquote canceled and other people kind of like being like um just also not being able to kind of understand the the possibility that the people they follow on in internet spaces and like look up to in internet spaces are kind of like human people that are capable of creating like making mistakes and and having bad takes and, and doing things like that are wrong um and I think that uh, definitely that mentality follows us outside of outside of those spaces as well. And I, I don't know if it applies for you guys, but I feel myself kind of also on both sides of the of the judging and being judged kind of problem being like thinking back on like conversations I have with friends at like social events in real life or things I say to people in passing and being like, was that okay to say was that was that too much do people think that I'm this kind of person now because I said that um and also being like oh I can't believe x person said this like I can't believe they had the nerve to like go out and, and do something like that that and it's um and that's exhausting yeah <laughs> I think it's um it's it's a really good point and because I'm someone that suffers with that same kind of mind like I know exactly how that feels to like almost have this sort of like logical like obviously this is what's happening right now battled with this brain that says the most ridiculous thing but can sell it to you like you know you absolutely yeah. believe that it's a possibility um and fighting that is a journey that i am still on and i am loving the journey because i'm doing so much better for myself each day um but I absolutely understand where you're coming from and just sort of like having that that person that's sort of going to want to snap you back to not, you know, doing better for yourself. Uh, it's like living with someone that's like prodding at you constantly. <laughs> is, is I don't know the I'm, way you I'm, looked I'm, at me during that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to no, you. No, it's like uh, angel and devil and the devil is just like really, really loud. And the angel's like, well, I think I should do this. <laughs> the devil is just screaming. And the devil you know? also wears Prada. So. <laughs> My devil does. Yeah. Your devil wears Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> I guess then just jumping off of that, I'd be interested to know kind of um, what, what does guilt feel like to you? Like if someone didn't know what guilt was, didn't know what that word was maybe in a different language or something how would you describe that feeling without thinking about it too hard maybe without trying to like find the most cohesive answer i'd say physically guilt kind of feels kind of like sticky mm. like it's it's hard to kind of separate yourself from it entirely i think because it's an emotion that kind of can dig to such vulnerable parts of of yourself but also of your insecurities 
it's the feeling that accompanies the rational realization that you've done something that you don't find acceptable. And, and for me, that kind of brings in kind of like this swell of feeling that's not very pleasant. It's like, um, I'd say maybe it's the visual equivalent of um, watching the tide come in, but it's all just like incredibly like gross and polluted. There's yeah. just stuff floating in there and it gets left on the beach. And even though it's being pulled back out again, like you can still see all the like little bits and things of like trash and plastic that's left behind. Guilt for me is associated because I'm such like a, a um, an extroverted person now. It, a lot of that came with me sort of like talking and, and uh, having my opinion heard. And I think having, <laughs> for lack of a better word, having a big mouth um, has been the source of a lot of my guilt because it's normally come from when I've spoken out of turn and said something stupid and then someone's reacted and I've gone oh that didn't come across like I wanted it to uh, or I've upset that person or um, you know this new relationship that I'm, I'm building with someone is now they're going to think much differently of me um, so I guess I really sort of associate it with that sort of like freezing and realisation moment um, of when you realise that you've done that to someone in all seriousness like i do associate it with like a, a sort of like a a ting a tingly feeling um and it's that tingly feeling you get when you're really anxious about something but it just like it takes over your whole body and it's so like things like guilt and stress and um anxiety are so physical it's not just it's it, they they completely embody you so it's like, if I feel guilty about something, it's just like, it takes over my whole body. And obviously, depending on the severity of it, like, you know, it, it can last for, forever, you know, and it's just, it. and sometimes it's something that goes away um, and sometimes it crops back up again. And it's really difficult. And you, it's almost like that restless feeling um, that you get like really early in the morning where you're just like, you can't sleep and you're just a bit like all over the place like that's why i associate it with but yeah and also i was going to ask just on top of that i think someone mentioned it earlier about like being able to kind of speak to people and stuff how do the people in your lives almost talk you down from that guilt or try and kind of persuade you that you've got no reason to feel guilty or trying to help you um in that way that you've noticed um do, is there like a specific pattern something that seems to work for you or um is it just depending on the person that's giving you advice um i personally don't think i i notice it until like i really feel it within myself so it's like if i can't acknowledge it properly myself there's no healing it's like people can tell me things and give me advice and that's fine and that builds for me but I can't attribute it to anyone other than myself to sort of like push that final part out of me. Uh, this this has been pointed out a few times um, to me before, but I'm, I'm someone who very much tends to keep certain things to themselves. Mm. Um, and in, in the sense of like admitting guilt or admitting my feelings of guilt to other people, it's difficult for me to do so if I haven't, if I feel like I haven't done anything to fix it yet. Mm. So like, there are certain things that I just feel guilty about that in my mind, I can't talk about with anyone else until I've done, I've gone through the steps necessary to kind of like write whatever wrong it is I, I feel like I've done. Um, which is not always the healthiest approach. Um, just like with most things, most kind of problems it's generally much easier to kind of bear the burden with someone else with someone who is in your life who wants to help you and like help take care of you um than it is insisting that you have to kind of get through these things alone uh but i've been finding it's a very hard thing to to ask for yeah um mostly because i i feel like i i grew up and a big part of my personality is kind of like, um, everything's fine and we're all doing okay. And I'm yeah. here to support all of you guys. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, if you don't talk about it, then it's not really a problem. Uh, 
and then I it's probably an overestimation of myself that I can be like all right I'll take care of this and I'll do this this and this and then the problem will be fixed and I won't have to trouble anyone else over it over it yeah uh yeah so it's 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 kind of difficult to say because when you have that kind of mindset sometimes even if if you do share your feelings with someone else and it's it kind of just even stops you from accepting the the kindness that they kind of want to share with you like yeah. if, if if I tell someone hey I'm feeling I'm feeling really bad about this and I can't see a solution and um and I've done something really bad and they're like this is not the end of the world this is fine um you don't have to be so hard on yourself it's in my in my heart of hearts I'm like no you don't understand yeah I I, I haven't done this thing yet and that means that this is all like been a waste or like that I, I've done something really terrible yeah it is really difficult like we always talk about having a conversation and, and asking for help and stuff but it is it is really difficult to ask for help um because everyone is so busy with their own lives and everyone's got their own stuff going on and there's also um for me also there's there's almost this fear of like if I ask for help it's like I'm making it about myself um mm. and I don't want to do that because I I know that I can handle things quite well by myself like I, I think I would argue that like I I do handle things quite well on myself uh by myself sorry so it almost feels like if I I'm not handling something very well then that's like or I, even if it's something really small like if I'm stressed or anxious or kind of worried about something leading up to some of the bigger things I guess which kind of moves us on to expectations as well because there's almost those expectations that I have set for myself where it's like I can handle things I'm strong I'm independent the second that I need help or I feel like I need help there's almost that if I ask for help it's like I've failed because I'm no longer like big strong mm -hmm. daisy do you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's now a case of like oh I'm not necessarily weak because I don't see anyone asking for help as weak but there is this like I have set this almost persona for myself which isn't a lie um but it's like there's this persona of me as an individual and as being strong and kind of um independent and will just do anything that I set my mind to so it's like almost if I don't there's there's a failure and it's like when lockdown happened um I was like I felt like such a failure because I'd made all these plans um of doing a variety of things you know including going to Korea um that I couldn't do and I was like well I'm a failure because I've not done it not completely ignoring the fact that we were in a fucking pandemic just mm. immediately like well I, I failed then do you know mm. what I mean so I, I don't know how you guys feel about like certain expectations that have kind of been built up for you and kind of um how I guess you deal with that and I think the lesson that I've been trying to teach myself a lot right now is just sort of navigating um your life healthily in your relationships that are good for the person that you're in the relationship with and also good for yourself and respectful of yourself it takes a lot of vulnerability to have that conversation with someone yeah and say this is how my mind works i can't do this or i need you to not do that i've been giving myself a lot more time recently to sort of manage expectations and and guilt well and just sort of go take your time you're fine you know it's all good and yeah. and this is why this happens to you don't you know sort of gaslight yourself out of your mental illness mm -hmm. uh which i fall victim mm -hmm. to a lot so i think there's there's two points that are kind of like in my brain about expectations um the first one is kind of um tying it back to mental health especially uh but also different kinds of like physical health uh, I I feel like I was definitely raised with uh, a level of like ableism that I never really had to confront for most of my life. Like I I I think we all go through a formal kind of like education of what counts as disability, um, and uh, but very few of us get an opportunity to really get inside um, all this theory around disability and 
and what it actually looks like. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was part of this program with a handful of people. Um, and it was, it was kind of marketed as this very like, go out into the middle of the mountains and chop your own firewood and go on all these hikes and do all this stuff for yourself. Um, and some other kind of like academic challenges as well. And I, for the first time in my life, spent a long amount of time with people who were like, I'm not doing this because I can't do it. Um, even if I would want to, like that's not something my body or my, my mind can, can do. And I had to really kind of confront the idea of like, setting boundaries for yourself, hmm. especially in terms of like, kind of the internal ableism of like, why can't I just do it? Like, are you sure you're not just work, you're not working hard enough? Are you sure you're just not pushing yourself enough? Like, um, because you can do it. There's just something wrong with you if you like aren't capable of finishing this task. Um, and, and I think that kind of segues into change that I'm trying to kind of apply internally, but I know is still a part of like the way a lot of my family members think or a lot of like my friends back home would think about stuff in the sense of like, you build a lot of expectations because you work really hard on stuff. Like um, I, 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 I feel like as a generation, the generations before us have done a lot. <laughs> and worked through a lot of really terrible situations to kind of give us in one way or another kind of the luxury of being able to like sit around and talk with one another about like, God, wasn't it awful in the past? Yeah. Um, and I think, especially as kind of like a first generation immigrant, um, my family's all from Mexico. I was born in Mexico and then my parents and I moved to the United States when I was pretty young um, so they could work in, in better jobs and have a better quality of life for the three of us and for a lot of their family back home. Um, there's kind of that like, wow, the people who have come up before me have, have withstood racism, they've withstood xenophobia, they've withstood sexism, they've withstood all these kinds of things um, for my sake and for the hope that like me and the people that come after me will be able to, to be able to like avoid that and, and do bigger and better things. Um, and all of that kind of like is, is I think a very big part of who I, who I am and what I find important. Mm. But to quote another drag queen, uh, the other day, um, Katya Zamolochikova was Wait. like, expectations are just pre-mediated disappointments. And I was like, oh, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> enlightened Buddha who? And, and that kind of point of view, I guess, I guess the, the kind of question that I'm grappling with now is who do I how do I balance the desire to respect myself and respect my expectations or my desires um, while also respecting the expectations of the people who have brought me up and who have given me so much. Um, yeah. And at, on the worst days, it, that does generate a lot of guilt yeah. um, in my mind at least. I just think my natural, just everything about me is just kind of like, I will do what I want when I want mm. and I will be who I want to be. And I don't feel guilty about that because I believe that that is something that I would say to anybody. Like I would say to anybody, like go for your dream job, um, you know, do what you want to do, be who you want to be. Um, and obviously, if anyone is like opposed to that, then in my mind, it's it's on them almost. But then again, I, I can understand um, the sort of like parents. I had this conversation with my mom a few weeks ago, and it's like every parent will have expectations for their child. Um, it might be something that is just very, very small. Like, for example, my mom said that she all she wanted was for me and my brother to be happy and healthy. But the one thing she did not want us to be was an accountant. That was it. Dead ass. So shout out to any accountants. Um, my mom hates So you. that's why you failed maths. Yeah. Actually, she was really good at maths, so get fucked. Um... <laughs> not you defending your GCSEs. <laughs> you have a diploma. <laughs>
no like all parents have expectations some of them are really small and kind of stupid like that one but other others are like will turn out to shape that child's life um and i think that when children don't meet those expectations that can almost sometimes change a parent's opinion of you not all the time like mm -hmm. sometimes parents are just like that's fine as long as they're happy do you know what i mean like sometimes parents are like yes i would have liked you to have done you know a, a better paid job but i can see you're happy and you're healthy and that's all i care about other people are like if you don't become this i will like disown you um in some mm. extreme cases and i guess it, because i owe so much to my mum, who i love more mm. than anything in the world um there is that i i don't really have it with my mum, at least not anymore um because as I've grown up, me and my mum have had many a conversation and she kind of said, I wanted you to be like who you are mm -hmm. now. She, which she said she was like, she's basically was just like, I think that the person that you were as a kid has shaped you to be the person that you are now. Um, and that's all I could ask for. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was like, all right, cool. See you in six months. Um, <laughs> But I think that for other people, especially even people that I know that I'm friends with, um, their parents sometimes disapprove of their lifestyle, sometimes mm -hmm. um, just don't really understand them, don't really respect them. Um, and I think that can be really difficult because no matter what you do in life, most of the time your parents' approval like matters because it's like mm -hmm. you owe so much to them and it's like embedded in your brain that you know you are like a credit to them so you have to act like it and i think that can be really difficult as well to kind of um mm. maintain I that think, status i guess yeah it's also worth mentioning i think the privilege in not having expectations be higher on your priorities uh because you know i'm from a background in which like yeah i don't know my father but the only thing i do know about him was that he was homophobic so i've already messed that one up yeah <laughs> same um, <laughs> and you know i was i was raised by a mother who openly encouraged me to do whatever i want to do yeah same. you know which some people don't have mm. so you know expectations is an issue because some people don't have that and there are people out there that you know will benefit from hearing about how other people navigate these things so i guess i guess what advice would you guys have on um navigating through expectations and um kind of at least obviously i can maybe say that all three of us are still in the process of doing that but what has helped you kind of navigate through that thus far and sort of um address those expectations in a way that it's like i respect what you want me to do and i acknowledge that you care however that is not what i want to do and it's not what interests me and it is not what's going to be the best for me for me maybe for you but for me because we also had a conversation sophia where we were talking about like how parents will say or, or people not just parents but people will say oh well you should do this because it'll be better for you and that's what I did. And it's like, yes, but that's what you did 50 years ago. You know, that's what you did, mm -hmm. you know, X amount of years ago. That might have been better for you then, but the economy has changed, society has changed, culture has changed, the world has changed, and it might not necessarily be the best option now. There might be better alternatives now that everything is kind of, you know, changed. So, yeah, mm -hmm. how would you guys kind of, what advice would you give to people that are trying to currently do that? I don't know that I have come upon any kind of like nugget of like information or like uh, easily transmittable phrase uh, that I can kind of impart to other people. But I think, I think something that's given me a lot of comfort in terms of managing guilt and managing expectations is um, as scary and uncomfortable as it can be is, um, first of all, acknowledging it. Um, second of all, my God, is that snow? Bye. Sorry. <laughs> my <laughs> God, is that snow? <laughs> that's Sophia's quote for managing guilt is just snow. 
I'm number two. Without wanting to like my brain skipping on out on like, okay, the serious, uncomfortable feeling of guilt and disappointing your loved ones. Oh look, the weather. Um, <laughs> the weather's great though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is in all seriousness kind of acknowledging that these these emotions and these kinds of expectations are hurting you or they're inhibiting you um and talking about it either with other people or or kind of at least letting it exist in a space where like um you can you can reach out to other other resources i think a huge huge um kind of comfort for me has been uh the specific intersection in which i live in uh with like LGBT, woman of color kind of spaces. There's a lot of conversations now going around of like people similar to me of like women of color who are in the LGBT being like, okay, uh, you can find family and you can choose family, but what about those of us for whom family is like a huge intrinsic part of your identity? Like how do you navigate that? Or as a person of color with um, with the feeling of great expectations behind you being like, okay, maybe you're not ready for the full out confrontation of this isn't who I am or this isn't what I want you to be doing because this is not the way you've been raised. But like, what about working in kind of like side steps of like, how can you establish boundaries in a way that they'll be able to understand, but will also be firm enough for you to, for you to really establish kind of like what it is you wanna be doing with your time and with your energy. Um, so finding voices um, that also kind of talk about that has been a really, really huge comfort. Um, this isn't my rec for rec, but I recently did watch Turning Red, um, directed by Domi Shi. Mm. And there was this lovely, really heartbreaking moment where uh, the main character may kind of confronts the generational trauma that has created a lot of guilt both for herself and for her mother and probably for a lot of the women before them. Um, and seeing that play out on screen, um, even though the culture isn't the same, there is something that kind of strikes at the, uh, at that kind of parent-child dynamic that makes you feel very seen and very validated. Um, so I think living in the, in the small comfort that you're not alone in this yeah. is huge and that, um, even across all of these intersections of like race or gender or um, sexuality or any other kind of thing, there are people who feel the way you've, you're feeling right now and they've made it to the other side. Mm -hmm. I think this is very important to keep in mind when, when you're really kind of feel like you're, you're spiraling. Um, I, I kind of have to say the same thing to be completely honest. I think just having voices that are encouraging instead of having a lot of voices that are telling you who you are you know drain that out with voices of people that don't need that they're just they're gonna let you do what you need to do you know um which is hard because not everyone can do that you know not everyone has the immediate access to that so to those people that are struggling with that and, and find themselves in a situation where they can't get away from that for any for any reason just hold out for yourself you've got you will get there you will get there mm. it's just it's just an instance of your life just just keep holding out for it and you will be absolutely fine because we are out here we do understand you for me and this is kind of things that i try and practice in everyday life i think the first one is um know yourself like know yourself know your morals like know what you're interested in know what makes you feel alive and i think also the other one would just be i guess just also know i guess know your strengths and your weaknesses maybe like if you know that there are certain things that almost like trigger you into feeling guilty or feeling this way feeling anxious like if there's certain people or situations that make you feel this way take yourself out and it may be really that may just be obvious but i think sometimes people feel like if they're in a certain situation that is making them feel like that there is no way out 
And in reality, there is always one way or another, there is always a way out. So I guess also just kind of accepting help when you've asked for it, ask for help, accept help. And I guess just trust that the people who care about you enough to kind of hang around will make themselves known. Mm. And then one way or another, like whatever situation you're in, you'll get out of it. You know, mm. as long as I think, as long as you're open and honest, as much as you can be, because as I said before, it's not easy. And it is something that I still sometimes, most of the time don't do. So it is a work in progress for myself as well, but it's stuff that I'm telling myself to do as well. One of my favorite comedians, and I think this is like a, a maybe not the most popular take with people in our age group, um, but I think Conan O'Brien is just, just incredibly smart, but also incredibly stupid. Mm. And I, I love that combination. Um, and he did an interview with Stephen Colbert and they were both, they're both Irish Catholic um, in the United States in the like what early 70s, 60s, which is like super Catholic. Um, and at one point they both turned to one another and there, and um, Stephen Colbert is like, a little guilt is a good thing. Mm -hmm. To which Conan O'Brien responds, a little guilt is a very good thing. Mm. <laughs> and I showed this clip to Johanna and she's like, oh my God. Like, I, I, I don't know if this is a problem or if this is going to make us really funny in the future. I don't think it is a problem because I think mm -hmm. that obviously it, a lot of guilt is, is a bit, it, I don't want to say concerning because I don't want to worry myself. <laughs> I don't want to be like, I'm going to die. I think that feeling things like guilt reminds us that we care. One time I fed goldfish washing powder <laughs> and I feel guilty about that. Hold on, what? Not on purpose. Not well, on purpose. No, no, hang on. Like... Go back to the beginning. What the fuck did you say? <laughs> I fed fish washing powder once and I feel guilty about it. Okay. But How old are you? Just... Is this, this is the place to air guilt? <laughs> it is, but no, like, um, your timing is off. <laughs> I, I thought maybe we should air some guilt. We're a child. <laughs> I was a child. I was, okay. No, he I was, was 23. Like, I could barely walk. I was still in diapers. Again, 23. And, um, <laughs> That's a horrible night out. And, um, and um, we had 2017, this. 2017, Stan House. <laughs> Daisy. <laughs> Oh, I kicked a ball um, through a, a shed window and then blamed it on my brother. <laughs> oh. And I only told my mum two years ago. <laughs> and this was when we were like kids and I only told her. And she made my brother pay for it. <laughs> I don't know. Is it normal to feel guilty about things you did as a child when you like didn't really know any better? No, when but it is funny. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I personally don't remember it, but apparently this was, I, I was still pretty little, I think. Um, but we were over at a friend's house, um, the three of us, me and my parents. Um, and uh, I was playing, they also had kids, so I was playing with their dolls. But at one point I started, like, went off to play with the dolls by myself. And they were all, all four, all two couples were coming upstairs. And I was very loudly, very accurately replaying an argument my parents had had about a very sensitive issue in front of this other couple and their kids. <laughs> and my parents have not forgotten that. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> How could you? Kids, are, like... kids are demonic. Snap, move us on to yes. <laughs> What am I going to wreck for wreck? I've, all I've been doing is watching Rick and Morty over and over again. <laughs> like, Talk um, about guilt. Literally. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, just because you're not clever enough to understand the scientificness <laughs> of Rick and Morty, the humor's just far too complex. Oh my god, you actually have to have a pretty high IQ. I'd very happily have my IQ be either 69 or 420. And I know the I first one's not possible, but it... I like, just think generally you would not like your IQ score. I'm, tonight, right, tonight I'm going to take an IQ test and you're going to be proved so wrong. You have to pay I, for that. No, you don't. I took the free you one do. for BuzzFeed. 
<laughs> Who do you think would get a higher, right higher IQ score, score out of me and you? Me. Which way's left? Where's your dad? <laughs> <laughs> so that would move us on to our Rep for Rec section. Now, if you haven't been with us before, our Rep for Rec section is just a collection of mine, Daisy, and the guests. Uh, various recommendations on music, food, films, art, people, places, nouns that we just think uh, people would benefit from knowing more about. So, with that said, Sophia, as our guest of honour, you go first. What is your rep for rep for this episode? Ooh, um, okay, it's definitely, or it should be, pretty popular already, but I think, um, tying into the subject of today's episode, I would recommend Over the Garden Wall. Um, it's just, first off, it's just a good piece of, of media it's it's a great series it's 10 episodes they're all 10 minutes long you can watch it in a sitting um but the quality that goes into the production the writing the um the overall end product is is so lovingly done that it's just it's a comfort to watch every every time i make a point to watch it every year just as i'm getting my seasonal affective disorder vibe on um I also think it's it's it takes um, the concept of guilt in a very interesting direction, um, and with a really surprising twist for one of the characters, one of my favorite characters, towards the end of the series, um, which is what makes it all the more kind of impactful when you when you're going and experiencing the series for the first time. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, throw some if you can throw some money over in the creator's direction, and if you can't. Pirated on Watch Cartoon. Uh, my rec for rec for this episode. Uh, again, a few people out there watching it might already know about the show, but it's um, it's uh, the Boulay Brothers Dragula. Um, it is a horror drag competition show. Absolutely brilliant, and uh, unlike its counterpart, is very inclusive uh, for all members of the community. Has some great talent, some uh, diverse talent, um, and it's also just. It really, I think it really appreciates the art of drag uh, to a higher standard. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's available to stream on Shudder, seasons one through to three. Uh, give it, give it, give it a listen. Give it a watch. Um, mine is actually, I think we, we mentioned it in, I can't remember whose episode it was. I think maybe it was Lara's episode. Um... But I will say it again, uh, my rec for rec this episode is uh, Bo Burnham, um, one of my, probably my all-time favourite comedian, I would say. Um, obviously, people, most people know him from Inside, which was phenomenal, but um, I actually prefer some of his older material. I really enjoy um, uh, what I really enjoy um, some of his... Um, older stuff as well but i really enjoy um make happy which is um the one he did before uh inside and it's just a just he's just so clever he's just a very clever comedian he's very funny um he, he's kind of just he talks about a lot of different topics but there's a song that he does where he kind of talks about guilt and how he talks about um, being afraid of the audience because he wants to please them, but he also wants to stay true to himself. Um, and just kind of the mixed feelings that comes with that and um, you know, ultimately the guilt with that. Um, and I think that if you enjoyed Inside, which I think a lot of us did, I'd highly recommend having a listen uh, you can probably find it online somewhere, Daily Motion or something like that. But um, yeah, and all of his albums, I think, are available to stream on Spotify and YouTube and stuff. So give it a watch because it's it's great. Um, <clears throat> and as always, anything that we have recommended or spoken about today will be in the link tree of our Instagram bio, um, as well as our current Rec for Rex, which will be in the Instagram stories. So, yeah. 
And what is that Instagram account? I thought you were going to say it later. At the BNF pod. <laughs> if you don't know by now, then where the fuck you been? Yeah, but... <laughs> if what you don't you know doing? our Instagram now, then you're a fake fan. <laughs> SMH. Organic, organic traffic, Daisy. Organic traffic. <laughs> you should subscribe to the BNF pod for more. Brilliant. You're getting a desk job the second we are able to do it. You are getting behind a desk, not interacting. <laughs> you think I would thrive in a desk job? Are you fucking shitting my dick? You think I? You think me, Daisy, motherfucking noir? If I let you play Lemmings all day. <sighs> no. <laughs> The you thought about though. it though, do you? Rapper the rapper. Rapper. <laughs> Anyway, final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sophia, what are your final thoughts for the episode? I think it's easier said than done, but it's if when I for when I listen to this over again, just a reminder, like um, don't let guilt run your life. And also do your best to not fall into kind of the pitfall of um, of assigning morality to guilt necessarily. Mm. Like you're not a good person just because you feel guilty. You're a good person or you can try to be a good person by acknowledging this guilt and, and doing something to kind of work towards absolving it in one way or another, I think. Um, I'm just going to re-emphasize love the journey um, and just really just take your time love the journey love growing love being of sound mind to be able to grow and just appreciate the things you have so I guess gratitude as well gratitude and love the journey take the time like every once in a while when you have time to just stop and look back at everything you've accomplished um even if it doesn't seem that big to you i think that it like during lockdown i think we all collectively stopped and just thought about what we wanted to do and who we wanted to be and the things that were maybe right in our lives and the things that were wrong and i think that just taking that time every so often to just stop for like five seconds and just go am i on the right path do i feel like these are the choices that i should be making um, and yeah, as I was saying, like have an end goal, like where do you envision yourself to be? Who do you envision yourself to be with or, or just who do you envision yourself to be? Mm -hmm. Um, and then just aim for that. Like if your only goal in life is to like have a family, then start taking those steps to like prepare for having a family. If your only goal is to like have amazing friends beside you, then like try and make more plans with those friends. All I want is a fucking dog. So, like, I'm just going to get my credit score up and hope for the best. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. That is the last ever statement that will be released from this podcast as I have now quit. <laughs> and check your credit score because mine's really, score. really poor. Go onto my Instagram at Ruggish Noir to see how bad my credit score is. I did that. It's because I've not got any credit. That's the thing. That's why it's so. The thing is with credit in the UK. <laughs> anyway. Do you not have an overdraft? No, I paid it off. Oh. I paid I paid all three of them off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So So moving on. Uh, uh well thank you very much, Sophia. Thank you so thank much you. for being on the podcast. I hope you've had a wonderful time. I've had, had a very good time. Good. Um <laughs> Do we do anything else or do we just leave? Yes. Oh, Kyle. Yes. You take no. it from here. You want me to just and struggle thank through? You. <laughs> thank you to our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. And thank you to you guys at home for listening. Uh, All three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that everything we spoke about on today's podcast will be available on our link tree in our bio at the BNF pod on Instagram. Plus a collection of things we've spoken about in this episode and episodes before. Well, then you can cut it. <laughs> Your that we of this this fucking glitter book. <laughs> at the BNF pod. At the BNF pod on Instagram. And if you happen to be watching us on Spotify, Amazon or Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. 
of our podcast just so we know how things are being received and if you're watching us on youtube subscribe like the video and smash um, the like button dong the bell <laughs> dong the bell <laughs> let slap, the bell toll i don't sl- know what it does slap the, the but, uh, ratio button four to one and watch the football yes. tune and in type a comment and say about how losers. fat i look today no! <laughs> everyone comment your credit scores <laughs> Comment your credit scores. Thank you, folks. Good night. Bye.